Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Whitey in for Damon. So you got Rado and Whitey on 95.7 The Game today. And this is a real treat. Nice enough to join us. Maybe the... Uh, what the go-to source for everything going on these days, media-wise, in Bay Area sports from The Athletic. Pleasure once again to welcome to the show Tim Kawakami. Tim, how are you today, sir? I'm doing just fine, fellas. How are you guys doing? I th- I'm okay. I don't know about Ray's having a rough afternoon. <laughs> I'm not having a rough, a rough afternoon, afternoon. Although I'll be honest with you, decade. you're making it more difficult. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I'm here. Yeah. Ray's <laughs> had a rough half century, so <laughs> I think he can deal with this one too. So. Well said. Yeah. yeah, you're great. Thanks uh, for it. Thank, thanks for your seven percent of okay, support. Okay, guys. Thanks for it. Was great being on the show, everybody. Yeah, yeah. we'll see you. Thanks, Tim Kawakami. Uh, a lot of Warrior fans, as you well know, a lot of Warrior fans were hoping and still hope maybe something happens uh, with the buyout market. Are those hopes? Were those hopes ever realistic, Tim? Uh, you know, I, I guess they took a look at Pat Beverly. He said it on his podcast. So it must be true. All podcasters always uh, right. are the most trustworthy sources, especially right. about their own contract situation. No, I, I think the Warriors were looking at people, still could add somebody, but I'm probably the wrong person to talk about this to sound too excited. I'm, I just think the buyout market is highly overrated. It's big names who no longer fit on their teams because they're not that good anymore. And there just hasn't been an example. One of Boris Diaw is one everyone mentions, and that was years ago. Uh, it's just really hard to find a guy who's going to drop right into your rotation, going to pick up the system. Uh, and it's going to provide something that you didn't otherwise have uh, without stinking. And, uh, you know, Gary Payton II is kind of that for the Warriors. They got him in a trade, not in a, in the buyout market. And that's kind of like, to me, the difference is he actually is somebody who could really fit into them. It cost him James Wiseman. Uh, that was a trade. And the buyout market just feels like two or three levels below that. Again, I have lost out in the rush for clicks on this stuff because everybody wants to hear about it, and there's these yeah. big names, and it's Kevin Love, and, it's, and I just don't care. Uh, I just I I flash back to when Troy Murphy was traded back to the Warriors in the in the weird Brandon Wright trade, and they were buying him out because they certainly weren't going to play him. It actually they traded him. They got Draymond Green with a second round pick that they acquired also in that deal. But his agent, the beloved Dan Fagan, back then I was really close to, and he was just telling me it's a bidding market. Oh, my God, everybody's going to watch Troy Murphy. It's tremendous. Oh, my God, I get all these calls. He signed with the Celtics and played three minutes in the playoffs. Like, it just doesn't, it, just, it rarely means anything. So I'm sorry. It's a long way of me saying maybe they get somebody, maybe they don't. I don't think it's going to matter. Patrick Beverly would have been interesting, but again, is, is, I don't think he's getting huge minutes. I don't think anybody they could get in the bio market. I'm, and some fans are going to get really mad at me here, but I'm going to say it. I don't think Steve Kerr is going to take almost anybody in the bio market over Anthony Lamb or Ty Jerome. I just don't see it. They've been with the team the whole time. They fit what he wants to do. This is how he's working. They're the you know ninth and tenth man or whatever on the on the rotation. It's hard to see a buyout person who's going to jump over that. And Tim, I know you alluded to this, but given. Uh, just an, an attempt to put a bow on it. Given the way Patrick Beverly talked about possible Warrior interest and what we know of the Warriors, I'm not sure there really was much interest there in him. I mean, maybe like, mm, maybe, but I, I don't think they had serious in, interest in, in him either. Yeah, I mean, if Gary Payton is healthy, then Patrick Beverly is not playing for the yeah. Warriors. I think that was it. Like, as long as Gary Payton's not playing, we do need this thing. We don't go play, go defend on the perimeter. They really could use defensive perimeter, but that's it. I mean, when Gary Payton's healthy, whenever that is, a month, two months, it'll maybe right before the playoffs, 
They're, you're not playing Gary Payton in the second and Patrick Beverly in the rotation. That is not happening. I will tell you that. I know Steve Kerr's rotation pretty well. I've studied that probably more than anybody <laughs> on earth, maybe even more than Steve Kerr. And he's not playing two totally defensive wings, guards, slash. No possibility. So, like, yeah, I mean, he might have been looking at that. And, and that's where I could see the hole, maybe, is they tried to fill it with Gary Payton in the second, then realized he wasn't going to be able to play for a while. They could use somebody to go guard. Go guard a perimeter scorer, a driver. Uh, but they also have that guy in Gary Payton in the second when the playoffs comes around. So this person, this theoretical person they might sign in the lockout, I mean, in the buyout, isn't going to be in the rotation in the playoffs, theoretically. So that's a long way of me saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that much. You know, Gary Payton in the second was the person that they mean to fill this hole, and I, I think they still hope he's that guy. Um. I hate that I'm asking this question, but I hope never have to, to mention his name again. From what you can gather, and I'm not asking for your opinion, but what you think the Warriors' worldview of this was, was James Weissman traded more because he doesn't fit what they want from their center or more because the tax bill coming in the offseason was going to become just too onerous for Joe Lacob? This is a combo. It's that he wasn't going to be worth enough to them because he doesn't fit their system to make it worth the $12 million salary, you know, multiplied by six or seven times. You know, that number changes because it depends on what level you're at. So it's not necessarily automatically seven times $12 million, but it's an estimate of about that much. So that, that's why they couldn't, they just, that they couldn't imagine that was going to be worth it and they had to get off that number. Uh, my, you know, the, the kind of more layered version of that is that, you know, they they thought they might have to change the way they play. They thought Steph Curry, you know, might have one or two years left, or Clay Thompson will one or one year left, Draymond one year. And then they won the championship last year, which extended, you know, what they thought they might be able to achieve. James Wiseman does not fit with that, and they exercised that option for next year. I understood. I just never thought there was a doubt they would, and then. Ten games into it, they're like, this guy cannot do it. This guy can't fit with Steph Curry. And if you can't fit for Steph Curry, you're not worth $5 million, not, you know, forget about $100 million or whatever that multiple of, of $12 million was going to be. Uh, it was a combination. It was, are you worth what we might have to commit to you? And if the answer was no, they had to get off of them. And they basically got off of them. For, you know, we'll see what GP2 does. But I think they it, clearly, you know, they took an injured GP2 in order to get off of James Weissman's salary, it tells you it was mostly the salary, but also because they just didn't see how that was going to be worth it. Okay, well, I guess that where is where the answer lies, is that it, the salary came first slightly ahead of the bad fit. Is that yeah, fair to I say? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to play for them. I mean, I don't know that it was going to be worth it at almost any number at some point, but yeah, that the, the 12 was the number that really... You know, kind of messed them up into the future. Like, if you're trying to if you're trying to scale back on this this massive payroll, which is you know looking towards over 400 million next season if they don't make some changes. That was a big part of this. Yeah. So maybe if they were a lesser team and they're not winning a lot of games and they had more luxury tax room, maybe they would have uh, you know given another run next year. But to that point, Tim, what's your best guess? I know nobody knows. What's your best guess of what type of player James Wiseman will? What type of player he could become in Detroit or wherever he ends up? I don't think he's gonna be great. I mean, I think he's an NBA player. I think he's got a lot of skill. I think he can score. You know, in a in a lot of ways, maybe not efficiently, but he can score. If you're a bad team, you just need scoring. I don't know that Detroit is that team. They they got some other guys who kind of do that stuff. So I was a little confused by that. Me too. Other than them just trying to pick up talent, and maybe they could trade him for something else. You know, I'm not sure there, but. Uh, I think he can be a decent. I, I think he's a backup NBA center on a good team, you know. And that team is not the Warriors, uh, you know, on a team that can, you know, doesn't need movement and you know quick thought thinking on on offense and and also defensively, just kind of plays a stable defense. It isn't switching like crazy like the Warriors. I also, though, I mean, this is members of the Warriors themselves. This is when I was kind of a Wiseman guy early in the season, but they were telling me like. There, name me the really good young player that the Warriors have given up on, and it's turned out to be good when he left the Warriors. Now they haven't had the number two pick, so that's you know it's a little different. That's important context, but it's not like these guys, you know, Jordan Bell or Patrick McCaw. It's not like these guys, you know, uh, Nemanja Netovic to, to pull another one back. Uh, you know, it's not like these guys that they thought 
like were initially good and then didn't pan out, then they got rid of turned out to be really good. Damian Jones. Steve Kerr is tough on young players, no question. But usually, if you can get make it through, you're a good player. If you can't, you're not that good. And I kind of rolling with that. I don't think Wiseman's going to be that great at NBA player. Um, is there a better ETA on when they can rely on Curry again? Is this still going to be mid-March? Or have you heard anything about faster progress or slower progress or... Is this still, are we still looking at another four weeks from now? Yeah, I mean, I'm not making any visual amounts, and they're very careful not to do that. But he, he talked to the media. I was there, you know, before the second to last game, the home game. Uh, and he hates when we do this, but we have to kind of. He was not moving very well. Uh, he, you know, he wasn't on a crutch. His crutch, a crutch was spotted out of locker, you know, about a week ago. Again, he probably doesn't love that, but. No, I don't think that leg's doing so great. Now, you can make a very quick progress from that to being able to play. He didn't look great between games three and four in the finals with Boston. Remember when he hurt, got hurt and, you know, walked very slowly into that post game, but said, I'm playing in game four, and he was pretty freaking good in game four. So who knows on this? I don't think it's sooner than later. I think it's later. I think it's five games at least, you know, six, seven games. Uh, after the break. Now, these games are coming really fast. They, they've played fewer than most teams going into the break. They've got a ton of games coming up. This is going to go fast. And he's not, you know, it's not like they've got three days off in between games and the break. These, he's going to miss a bunch of games in a row, I think, uh, as, as they, these games come fast. And then, you know, maybe they go 500 in those games. And then he's back for the final, where well, they got 24 left, um, you know, in the final. 17, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I just don't think it's going to be real quick. Again, he could be going through a miracle cure right now. Mark Jackson could be laying hands on him. Who knows? Huh. We, we've had these other events in, in, in Warriors history, but it doesn't feel like to me, and just from the tone of the way they're talking, you know, even Steve Kerr is like, well, we'll get him back before the playoffs. We know that. Well, that's 24 games. So, you know, I'd say 7 to 10. You know, just in my, you know, if it's aggregated, put me whatever, what, put it down 7 to 10, I'd say in the 7 to 10 game range and maybe a little bit more than that beyond even this. And the next, I wouldn't think he's going to play in the next five games is, is my easy uh, kind of note on this one. Tim Kawakami, our guest on 95.7 The Game. If Bob Myers leaves, do you think there will be a domino effect, a noticeable point at which things start to unravel from there, Tim? I don't know. Immediately, uh, Steve Kerr is still fine for two more years, and he's not going anywhere. Uh, but yeah, you know, Bob Myers has kind of been the liaison between Joe Lacob and Steve Kerr and the player. Like he is the guy who's kind of got the relationships with everybody. He was clearly the number one guy with Durant. It's not even close. There is no other second place in that. Uh, he's the relationship with Draymond. He's the relationship with Steph. Now everyone has a good relationship with Steph, but Dr- but. Myers is the number one guy for that. Uh, you, you might have, you know, you see some changes. You probably see Mike Dunleavy as the general manager. Uh, you might hear more about the Lakeups being involved. And I know the fans will go insane when that happens. They've already, you know, it's Joe and his two sons, Kirk and Kent, have had a lot of say. They've been in the personal department for personnel department for a few years. Kent for from the beginning of the Lakeup ownership. Uh, yeah, there'll, there'll be differences. You know, that's what I think. I come down to thinking that I think Myers is coming back at least for a little while because I don't think Joe Lacob is going to stand on, well, we'll pay you, you know, third most among executives. Like, he is, the things that Bob Myers does for this franchise should make him the, the top paid executive. And it's a high number. I'm spending Joe Lacob and Peter Goober's money, but I just, I just see it as negotiations right now. I see because we're having this discussion and because we can't really see who and how they're going to fill the void of Myers leaves, is at some point they're going to have to pay him what it takes, whether it's Fourteen million a year, or sixteen million a year, or whatever. And it's a seven billion dollar franchise. Is that the latest estimate of their worth? He might be the most important person, other than Steph Curry, in that you know the, the rankings wow. of valuing wow. for what they do and what they mean. I, I think he's worth it. Now that's up to Joe Lacob and P- Peter Guber. It's up to Bob Myers to want to come back, and that's you know in some question he might want to do something else. He might want to go to another team, but. 
the fact that we're saying that this could be it, and other than whenever Steph Curry leaves, this could be the second most important thing. I, I think you come to an agreement on that, unless Bob just doesn't want to, uh, and then then we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Draymond Green is going to happen spinning in his own universe, no matter what. He's got the option to leave. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. You know, that's up to him, and that is unlikely to be largely affected by whoever is running the team. That's up to him, what he thinks his market is, what Joe Lakeham would pay him in extension, all those other things. Um, I, I just think so many of these things are separate things to themselves, but the Myers thing is the biggest one just for yeah, the long-term way this this franchise operates. That would be huge. And again, that's why I, my, I'll still go back to, because it's so huge, I think they'll find a way to make this kind of relationship continue maybe not forever certainly not forever but for a couple more years is there anything other than negotiations that would explain why Lakeup was ready to let Myers have a walk here without an extension is there some sense that maybe Lakeup envisions a sea change sooner rather than later and wanted to see how this year would play out or is this just him you know, playing over a few million dollars. Yeah, I think it's most of negotiation. I, I don't think Joe Lacob says, geez, I can't wait till Bob Myers is gone. I, I really don't think that that is the case here. I think it's a matter of, you know, we've got a great franchise and we pay the general manager, president X amount, and that's what, how we've done it. And it's going to take something to make me move off of that. I think I'm not, you know, I don't know this, but that's my estimation. I've, I've had no sense of like, oh, yeah, when this all changes, we need another general manager. I have not heard that at all. It's just dollars. Uh, and I think on the Joe Lake front, it's like, does Bob really want to come back? Like, is he not, not that he's leaving the war. It's just like, maybe he wants to do something else with his life. He's got this podcast now. He's interviewing Disney, you know, the Disney Corporation guy. Like, maybe Bob wants to do something else. He certainly could, you know. Bob Myers has a ton of other interests. He's got a young family. Uh, you know, there could be something. I, I think maybe in Lakeup's mind or whoever else is negotiating this, is like, let's, you know, we don't want to do anything until he knows what he wants to do. And, you know, deadlines make deals. This one's a huge one. This one could be at a, at a very large expense, or, or Bob Myers could want to become a free agent and see what else is out there. I, I think it's negotiation. Bob Myers is a negotiator. You know, Joe Lakeup is a negotiator. They're, we're not going to know what they really feel until this gets really down to it, and I can't imagine that's going to happen and, and this for another month. And, and both sides may want to see how, how this ends. You know, I, I don't think that's as big a deal as it would be for, sure, you know, say, Draymond, but What's the season going to feel like in May? What's going to feel like at the beginning of June? Uh, I think that might be part of this, too. I, I will say I heard some of these things. didn't necessarily write about them. Cause I, didn't, I never thought he was going to leave like five years ago. But some of this was up bubbling up five years ago. Like There, there was some of this. It was negotiation. It was Joe Lake of not wanting to pay this X amount and Bob thinking he should get X amount and other people to the side saying, how, you know, how can they let this happen? He might leave, he might leave, and he didn't leave. Now, that doesn't mean he, like, that that's exactly the case now, but I just think these guys are smart guys. And one reason they're smart is they try to get every advantage possible. Uh, they want to win every deal possible, and this might be the case on both sides right now with Bob Myers and Joe Luggan. Tim, you... Um famously said not long ago that you thought Wiseman, Draymond, Poole, I believe those were the three you mentioned. You said one of them is probably going to be gone next year. You were already right because, of course, Wiseman's gone. Do you think Poole is somebody who next year with given the situation with the luxury tax that trying to improve, they might have to consider dealing him just because they're limited in terms of what else they can do? Yeah, I think they would resist that. Um, depends on where Draymond, if Draymond goes which is his call, right? That's right. his call, not theirs. They're keeping Jordan Poole. Like, they're, they're just, there isn't this financial pressure anymore, and if there was no financial pressure, they want good players, and they want as many of them as possible, and Jordan Poole is a good player. If Draymond is back, or if they've, you know, extended him for a number that keeps them way up in the luxury tax, then I think there are a couple players who could be involved in trade talks. There's probably three of them. 
one of them, Clay Thompson, I just don't know what you get back for him at $44 million or whatever, but I think that would be a number they see. Like, if we can get off of this, maybe. Again, depending on all plays out in the playoffs this season. Andrew Wiggins is another one. I think they would want to keep him, but he's a player they could trade once his contract starts. His extension hasn't even started yet, so you can't trade him now. Right. Uh, and Jordan Poole, those three, you know, if they're in a financial crunch. If they are not, if Draymond is off the team, that number's gone. If Draymond comes back for less, which I would, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that's what they would like is to kind of redo that deal, get him for three years, 22, 24, 26, instead of 27, 30, 35. Um, all these things are in play. I think they want to keep as many good players as possible. Steph Curry is good enough to try to assemble the best team you can around him and go for a championship. Some of this opinion might change in April and May. Obviously, things always change in April and May based on how the playoffs go. But if Draymond it comes back, I think there is a chance they'll look at what they can get for Poole and or Wiggins and or Clay. If Draymond is not, not back, I don't think they're moving off of anybody because they're going to try to be as good as they can within reason uh, and see what they can do with that mix going forward. Uh, you know, there was a chance they could make a big move for you know a, a good young player. Just to you know, kind of stay the same with the same contracts, but I think Jordan Poole is good enough where they think this is this is somebody we've been looking for for years, like the guy who can be the other step. And with Clay kind of you know in a different spot in his career, you kind of need that offensively, and they sure would like for him to be better defensively. But they can hope for that, and sometimes he gives it to them, sometimes he don't. I, I think the Draymond thing again is just the number one thing that everything's going to pivot off of that, and they do not control that, so it's hard to plan things with them not knowing what Draymond's going to do. Is there, in your mind, based on who you talk to, a a new number on how they define what a financial crunch is? Because for the longest time, Joe Lacob gave off the impression that money was next to no object, and that's clearly changed. Is there a new sort of comfort zone for how much tax they want to be in than before, is there a way to quantify that? Well, I just say generally <clears throat> from my conversations with them, which are on podcasts, everyone can listen to them. Uh-huh. Uh, they're at where they're at if they can win championships. If they have a championship level team, they're at three eighty now. About if you counted luxury tax, they do not want to be there if the team is not challenging for championships. Again, we'll see what happens in May and June. Uh, they might go over that if they think they get a chance to win another one or another one. But if they're not in that mode, if they're not playing that well, if you don't see a path to being a perennial championship team with people around Steph, veterans around Steph, I think 380, which is where they are now, is the highest they're going to be and possibly lower than 380. I mean, 380 right now is the highest. The Clippers are right there, too. But like that's the highest in NBA history and probably will be for a while. From the TK, teams are not going to go. To, teams are not going to four hundred. They they just are not, unless it's the Warriors and they're you know loading up around Steph for, to go for three straight championships or whatever it would be. But I don't know that's happening. I think it's three eight. I think it's right about now. I think it's pretty safe to say the highest Joe Lake and Peter Goober would go for a team that has not won a championship. Let's say they go out in the second round this season. I think a good math, good easy math might not be exact is about the dollars they spent this season, that is the max they'll be next season. The absolute max. And it might be a little bit lower than that. Thank you very much, Tim. From The uh, Athletic, from the TK Podcast, Tim Kawakami, we appreciate it very much. Enjoy the rest of your All-Star break. You got it, guys. Thanks. How about that, Ray? It's a little more clarity. And I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is, well, didn't Joe Lacob say, you know, Money's no object as long as we're winning. Well, define winning. And I think Joe three, defines winning as winning championships. I know, I know what yeah. how they define winning. I'm just saying, how do you put the number on where they're going to be when this ends? And you know, I don't know that there is a ready answer. It sounds like you know a lot of this is Draymond Green's choice, but you know. If they if they go out in the first round, I mean, right now they're a play-in team, so their chances of advancing are fairly limited. Um, you know, do they lower that to three twenty? Do they lower that to three hundred? I mean, how ready 
will they be to start the gutting process if this team vanishes early? The and gutting I, process? Well, if you're talking about the possibility of Green leaving or Green staying and having to move Poole or Thompson or Wiggins, you know, I don't know that that makes them better. I mean, it sounds like they're, you know, going to start pursuing, you know, economies. And so, you know, I know there's no answer yet, but it would be helpful to have sort of a better idea of what they're defining as a season where they would stay at 380. And at what point they'd say, no, this is too much. I'm sure they would love for Draymond to say, hey, yeah, we can work something out. But I'd be, wouldn't you be stunned based on what we think we know about Draymond and how he feels about all this? Wouldn't you be stunned if he said, yeah, I'll take less to stay? If the alternative is taking less to leave. I mean, because that's the other question here. Well, but he can stay and take his, what, 27 and a half. Okay, but what I'm saying is, is they could redo a deal if there's nothing else out there that is as attractive. And by that, I mean money. Um, Draymond Green is a unicorn in that his skill set isn't going to translate as readily to every other team in the league. Absolutely true. There are some teams that are going to look at him and go, can't use him. Yeah, he's a great defender, but I need somebody who could score more. You know, or I need somebody who, you know, makes a greater night-to-night impact in the box score. We don't have a Steph Curry that he can play with, so he'd be somewhat yeah. limited in terms of what he brings us offensively. I mean, so his I mean, his ability to market himself might be more limited than we think, in which case he might say, well, I'm just going to opt in for the 27. Or if he wants to do three more years, say, okay, we could structure this down a little bit. I mean, he's got, you know, there's always a two-way street on all of that. You know, if you're willing to trade away a little bit of upfront money for term, I mean, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But if he stays, then if they're looking for economies after a year in which they didn't achieve near what they wanted to, it's got to come from somewhere, does it not? And it's going to be a player that they would prefer to keep. Thompson, Wiggins, Poole. And if that's how that's going to go, that makes them worse than they were this year or two years ago. Got to keep Bob Myers. Bob Myers has to stay. Oh, yeah. Well, see that? Bob Myers is chump change. I mean... In, well, he, then there's no question he has to Yeah, stay. but I mean, he, he would have been chump change last year. That's why I still don't get why they were willing to play that, play the game here. Because if they are going to be be hardballing him on on salary and he goes to another team you know for a better title or you know a piece of equity you know now you can say okay now the money's more important than the culture because Myers by any description including Tim's is the second most important person in that organization in terms of that and if they're willing to sacrifice that over five million bucks or a fancier you know, title, then then they're saying, yeah, money's an object now. And if money's an object, they become a little less special. As far as on the court this year, I know that everyone is very mindful of what they did last year. Recently, uh, Richard Jefferson said, if they play Denver, I wouldn't bet on the Warriors, but I wouldn't bet against them. That old cliche about a championship team being able to flip the switch. Ray, they did that last year. Remember, late in the year, they had injuries. Steph was hurt. He got hurt against Boston. Draymond had been hurt earlier. Clay came back and was struggling with things. And it looked like, wow, they're going in a couple different directions here as the playoffs started. Jordan Poole was unhappy coming off the bench. Then they opened the postseason against Denver. And it was almost as if right then, boom, it clicked. It all (laughs) almost miraculously did fall into place. That actually happened. So if you watch them closely this year or listen to them closely here on 95.7 The Game, there are lots of reasons to doubt as to whether they can do it. But they literally did it. I mean, they didn't literally flip a switch because there is not literally a switch to flip. But it clicked like that. Once the playoffs start, it all came together for them. So who's to say they can't do it again? Well, nobody's can say that it won't happen. I mean, that's the point. But don't forget, last year, 
They got to play Denver without two of its three best players. Very helpful. Uh, they got to play Memphis, who was a team that was interesting, but really too young to make that leap yet. Yeah, but that was still, and I know no, John no, no. got hurt. I mean, that's, I, I understand what you're saying about Denver. To say that, well, they played Memphis, they were too young. Mm, I won't give you that one. I know you're going in the next round, and I agree with you. Well, and the next round is yeah. they played a Dallas team that was not nearly as good as the team it beat. Yeah, Dallas had no business Phoenix. being in the finals last yeah. year. So, and in at least two of those three series, they were beneficiaries of luck that had nothing to do with them. So I think that helped fuel them on their way. They get full marks for beating Boston. Boston had them down, what, 2-1 at home, and the Warriors found a way to wiggle off yeah. the hook. Well, they, well, the way was number 30. Yeah, but I mean, the point is, in 2015, they got breaks of that kind to to win it all. In 17 and 18, they just boat raced the field. But last year, they, once again, they benefited from the kindnesses of strangers. And that's got to be at least factored in a little bit when you look at well what you know how good are they how good could they be if they were healthy you know because i don't see them as a juggernaut the way you would see them in their idealized form do you think They're, they were a juggernaut last year no i don't no i don't either but uh, but the biggest break they have right now is that nobody's a juggernaut denver looks really good but I don't know that they're impervious to to a beating by, if not them, then certainly two or three other teams. Um, I don't look at Memphis as a juggernaut. I don't think the Kings or the Clippers or the Suns are going to be a juggernaut. I think this is the most egalitarian Western Conference that there's been in a long time. And so I think that's part of what they're hanging their hat on. The other part that they're hanging their hat on is that the teams in the middle all have significant flaws like they do. When you say the middle, you mean five, six, seven five, in the West? Five, five to 12, or 13 if you want to include the Lakers. I mean, it just you know, I don't think that it's unreasonable to think that Oklahoma City couldn't be a play-in team, you know, or Portland, or Minnesota. Can the Warriors, if they're in the play-in, is it realistic to think that they could come out of that and still make a deep playoff run? I don't think so, but again, going back to last year, I don't know. But I think that's a that is a that is a long, uh, twisting path. Well, to navigate, having to play the one and then the two can wear you down. Yeah, and then you get to the conference final, and you know maybe it's a four or five, but maybe it's a four or five with Kevin Durant, you know, or maybe it's a four or five with. Luca and Kyrie Irving if he's got his head bolted on straight. So a lot of times your chances of winning the entire thing is how quickly you dispatch those early opponents. And Dallas and Memphis would be two tough nuts to crack back to back. Or Memphis or Dallas, whatever or Mem Memphis or Denver, whatever mm -hmm. order they come in. Mm -hmm. So I mean there's an there's a cumulative effect from playing good teams over and over and over and over again. It just it'll wear you down, especially if you're a team with some years on it, like the Warriors. Yeah. Don't you think that for them to make that trade for Peyton, they must have had really good reason to assume that he's gonna be healthy before the end of the year? They don't know, but don't you think the doctors looked at it, even the ones that flunked the physical and said, yeah, well, there's every reason to think that he's going to be able to give you something before the playoffs start. Otherwise, I mean, they wouldn't have made the trade, dot, 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 right? Or was it that much about getting out from under Wiseman's salary that they even said, well, it's okay if we don't have him this year. He's insurance against DiVincenzo leaving next year, and then we get the financial flexibility, so, oh, well, we'll do it anyway. Well, that's why I asked him that question. Is you know was this more about the money or about the lack of promise? And he you know tried to hedge and go well it's a combination. Well, we know it's a combination, but what was the primary motivator? And if it was money, then you you bring back the argument. Well, is Joe Lacob finally found the third rail of his spending, and is he going to start to scale back because three eighty a year is too rich for the, him and the partner's blood, and yeah, it's a small piece in the puzzle, but the stuff tends to add up if you keep, you know, 
choosing to err on the side of thrift rather than talent. Here's a question for you from the 718, Ray. For Ratto, I asked Joe this morning. He agreed. If the Warriors don't win the season, considering the state of the West for years to come with guys like Booker and KD under contract, do the Warriors make a blockbuster trade in the offseason to pair somebody with Steph? That's from the, uh, as I said, it's from the 718, I believe. Well, who would that be? I mean, presumably you're not going to trade for Durant if the Suns make a deep run. No, but he's already under contract. He and Booker are locked in. Well, okay. But I'm saying if they, if Phoenix makes a deep run... Who else is available? Would, would, Pascal Siakam or something? I don't know. Yeah. Does he get you over the top? Would you know. have made that trade for OG and Anobi? At the time, I thought, mm, the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning towards if I had to give up Kaminga and somebody else, Moody and some draft capital, I think I would have done it. I think I, well, I would have done it at the time, too. Because if you're worried about the window, the window's now. You know, I mean, Kaminga has promise. Moody has not yet flashed. And the draft capital? Eh. I mean, if you're trying to win the right now title, you try to have the best players you can have. Mm-hmm. You know, now, I'm not sure that Miami really wanted to do that. Well, you, Toronto. I think they wanted more. I mean, Toronto, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. But uh, I think I think Toronto wanted more than that. And I think that's one of the problems the Warriors run into is they don't have enough draft capital and enough tradable parts to make it a deal that doesn't come with a lot more pain than they're comfortable with. Yeah, we just know it was Kaminga and players and picks. But how many and which ones, we don't know. From the 5-3-0, OG never plays. He's always hurt. I'm sure that was a factor, too. When healthy, though, he certainly would have fit this squad, but onward and upward, and uh, the Warriors relying once again on that championship pedigree and relying on Steph Curry and, to a lesser extent, uh, GP2 getting healthy sooner than later. Well, getting healthy when he gets healthy. I mean, you want to rush him back with that? I don't. No, but they just really need him back soon. They don't have a lot of, yeah, well, yeah, we'll be ready to go when he comes back. I understand what you're well, saying. I mean, I'm wondering if he is like if he would be wanting to play when he's if he gets a 90. percent Oh, I'm sure he'll he want to do that to save the he freaking was season. At, he was playing at 60 percent in Portland. I mean, I think because he wanted to show because I think he wanted to get out of there, and to get out of there he had to show that he had some value. Um, the, you know, when 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 Tim Kawakami said, you know, Curry is probably at least seven to ten more games. You know, now you can put a number on, okay, if he's out for another 10, let's just be conservative here, that's still 15 games where you can get your stuff right if you manage to hold serve over those next 10. So I think a lot of this is going to depend on, well, if they go 2-8, and eight, do they hurry Curry back? Do they just say, ah, we can't make it? I mean, there's... a you know, know. these next 10 games, and you can't take them one at a time when you're thinking about this. You have to look at it after they've played the 10 and make a call then. Because if they are 31 and 39 at that point, or yeah. 31 and 37, yeah. do they have a shot? I mean, my guess would be probably not unless they ran the table. And even then... If you rushed Curry back, is Peyton going to be ready? Because they haven't shown that they can put together a long winning streak uh-huh. with Curry this year because of their other flaws. From the 510, Hurry Curry. Hi, everybody. This is Hurry Curry from the uh, 415. You like that, Ray? Hey, no, you actually Hurry didn't. Curry. Hey, from the 415. It was too fast and it wasn't drunk enough. Well, it's Hurry Curry, though. He talks faster than Harry Carey. Uh, from the 415, oh. should the Warriors start tanking and draft the unicorn of the unicorns from France? Nope, too late to do that. You know that they had to consider that uh, when when uh, earlier in the year when they weren't playing well, when Steph got hurt in the first place? You know they had to take a look at that, but given what Joe Lacob is paying this team and given the fact that you got four teams that from the jump this year have been all in on tanking, there's really no percentage in do you really? Do you really too wanna, late. Do you really want to gamble on a chance on a chance that at at best is one in seven? Yeah, you don't. Not now. I mean, if you're a really bad team, you have those four teams. Or good luck. One of them may be right. 
But no, that doesn't make any sense for the Warriors at this point. No. I mean, the fact is, if you want to tank, you know, your chances of having the most uh, ping pong balls isn't that great greater than being second or third or fourth. And the problem is, there are already four teams that are way ahead of you on that. You know, San Antonio, Houston, um, Charlotte, Charlotte, and Detroit. Detroit basketball. Why did you do that? No, that's what they say when the ball goes out of bounds there. I'm just saying Detroit Pistons. Their PA guy, oh. when the ball goes out of bounds. You don't know. Detroit basketball. That's what they say. Oh, I didn't know that. Famously. Because yeah. my, my connection with <laughs> Pistons basketball waned some time ago. All right. All right. But no, I, I, I think they have next to no chance to get Victor Wembenyama. I know. Who, by the way, apparently is getting taller. Every time I read about him, he's getting taller. And I read today that, no, he's young. He's actually getting taller. From the 5-1-0, the Warriors are not going to rush any player back, including Curry, because they prioritize health and uh, medical in the organization. I know that, and I know that's the prudent path, but I'm wondering if they may be in a position where they may have to reconsider that at some point or, with or, Steph or, if he's like playable but not 100% or Curry Curry starts to become annoying about it yeah hey, yeah. I want to play I want to play I want to play I mean yeah. at some point you know does Steve Kerr keep saying no I mean you know that's a part of the interpersonal relations part of this team mm-hmm. that you can never really get a full measure on coming up here on Damon and Rado Whitey in for Damon how do you think uh, NBA players are feeling about a midseason tournament? You know, Commissioner Silver, boy, he's really hoping for this midseason tournament. Uh, how do you think players feel about that? Got a, an answer that may surprise you coming up. Uh, that's up next year on 95.7 The Game. And we are sponsored by Mitsubishi Motors. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Whitey in for Damon. Here's why All-Star Games stink now, Ray. 
The original All-Star Game, as you know, was at 1933. Arch Ward, a writer, comes up with this idea for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And it was intended for the fans. It was supposed to be for the fans. It would give the fans a chance to see all these great players. All-Star Games aren't for fans anymore. All-Star Games are, if they're for anybody, they're for course the leagues to make money and therefore the players and now the players the nba players get this long all-star break oh get a week off and we're sitting here going when are they gonna play basketball again remember the old days they'd have the all-star game on like a tuesday and then they'd make maybe a day off and then they're playing again anytime i hear somebody say remember the old days Nobody remembers the old days. You do, though. I but, know you do. You but, were talking to me yesterday about the 69 Celtics. Yes, but the old days are gone. They're not coming back. You know, there, you're, there's going to have to be a different solution for you. You're not getting the basketball schedule you used to get. Okay, I just miss it. That's I mean, all. you know, in you know, when the Celtics won in 1969, I think the season was 70 games. Hmm. Nobody's going back to 70, 70 no, games. I know that. I just wish that we didn't have to wait for a week for the NBA to play again. That said, as they begin the second half, it's not really half, but we'll just say second half, to this point, who has been the most surprising team in the league? Who's been the most unpleasant surprise? Sacramento's probably the biggest surprise. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. The unpleasant surprise, the Warriors would maybe be in the mix. Uh, oh, Brooklyn. Well, yeah, it's I guess. Close. Although you, <laughs> I guess so. Although... Uh, I mean, how could you expect much out of that, given everything? But okay. No, but I'm I mean, you. if you're yeah. talking, if we're talking about the start of the season to now, it's Brooklyn by light years. I think another candidate, I don't disagree with you, but I think a candidate is the Atlanta Hawks, and they made a move today. The Hawks fired Nate McMillan. So the Atlanta Hawks fired their coach, clearing the way for them uh, to start an immediate search. And Quinn Snyder, former jazz coach, is apparently... Uh, he's going to be the first one they interview. So the Hawks at 29 and 30, pretty talented team. They're right now eighth in the East. They have fired Nate McMillan. So it sounds like maybe, you know, Trey Young won that um, well, power struggle. Well, I mean, he won that power struggle. He's, you know, they, they basically turned the franchise over to him without actually turning it over to him. But I think the interesting part of that is that Kenny Atkinson's going to be interviewed too. You can bank on that. Yeah. Well, you know, last year he had the Charlotte job and decided mm, they gave it to me. He said, I don't want it. So who knows? Well, the Charlotte job is infinitely worse than the Atlanta job. I agree. I'm just saying he had a chance to get back uh, as an NBA coach, didn't want it. So who knows if he's ready for that? Well, I mean, I would interview him too. You're right. Yeah. I mean, yes, although if I could get Quinn Snyder, I would hire him. You'd hire him before you'd hire Kenny Atkinson? Um, I probably it's okay yes. to have that opinion. Yes, I would. The only thing, the only reason I hesitate, Quinn Snyder looks kind of like the Green Goblin from uh, some of the original Spider-Man movies. But I that, that's a good reason. Yeah, yeah. You, you never want to go with a supervillain because the supervillain always <laughs> loses in Marvel. He did movies. a pretty good job in spite of that. So he'd be my top candidate, Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson is a great coach on an underachieving team like he was with the Nets originally. I don't know that he's a great fit for this team. I'm not sure anybody is with some of the stuff going well, on there. Who's under, well, you just said the Hawks are underachieving. so They're underachieving, but I mean an overachieving. I mean that Kenny Atkinson is a good coach for an overachieving team. Not especially talented, but winning games. And this team is underachieving uh, with a pouty superstar. Whole different animal. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, who knows what a good fit is, but... The longer you're an assistant, the longer you're thought of as an assistant. I mean, it took Mike Brown any number of interviews before he got out. And yeah, he was happy in Golden State, but he was a guy who should have been mentioned for more jobs than he was. Remember Luke Walton, what a hot coaching candidate he was? Yep. Red hot, top candidate. Got two jobs, didn't do well. Not a top candidate anymore. Well, and in neither of those... in Cleveland now. Yeah, in neither of those jobs did he have much of a chance. I mean, he was basically bullied by the Lakers who didn't know what they were doing. And then he went to Sacramento, which gets royalties anytime somebody says the words, don't know what they're doing. So, I don't know if he is a good coach. I, all the indications were he wasn't very good at either job. But those are not jobs where you can win at anyway. So, you got to define your terms. Does the commissioner of the NBA know what he's doing as he continues to uh, bang on the drum for a mid-season tournament? The idea would be to make some of those games 
that are not very meaningful a little more meaningful? You have to convince the American sporting public that this tournament has some meaning in terms of playoff ramifications. And I don't know why you would want to do that. I don't think it would. I don't think that's the plan. Well, if the that's idea- the plan, then the games mean nothing, and there's no reason for anybody to play them. No, the the idea would be you'd, you'd win a separate championship. That wouldn't be the NBA championship, but you'd win this. Pick one of your favorite. Do you have a favorite client on the station? Honestly, anybody? Oh, God, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, it would be the uh, a- Amazon Cup. Amazon pays us all this money. Your team can win the Amazon Cup. They haven't won an NBA championship ever, but we won the Amazon Cup. That's the idea. I'm not. I'm not telling you it's a good idea. I'm just telling you. That's I know. The idea. No, I know what the idea is. Yeah. So, but the problem is, European soccer has like any number of cups every year, and people pretend that they matter, but they genuinely don't. And they look down upon teams that win them unless they're a team that's going to win something big. I mentioned this um, poll that the Athletic did of players at the All-Star Media Day. So I think 22 players were asked. Only 11, part, uh, 11 answered this question. Do you want a mid-season tournament? Yes. Four. No. Three. Maybe. Four. I mean, that, that's not a lot. But I'm surprised that even you know 80 to 11 said, mm, I might. Or yes, they do. Well... Donovan Mitchell, I've heard good things. I also enjoy my rest. Yeah. Montes Sabonis, I come from Europe where we have that type of competition. So I think it's great. Okay. But, I mean, if only 11 players answered it, that is essentially less than one team. So I don't think that's a consensus. And I think massively they would say, are we getting paid more for this? And I have a feeling the NBA would say, well, no. In which case, well, I'm not... Well, you're I'm getting the, the same. Some of the games are going to be regular season games anyway. So you're already getting paid for them. And then if you win, you would get more. Paul George has the actual answer. Do you want a midseason tournament? Quote, no, not really, unless the incentive is there. And that's well, where that is. But I think the incentive for the players is pay us more. The incentive for the fans is what does this mean? I mean, it sounds like Adam Less Silver... Less management if the games matter more. Well, but I think Adam Silver is trying to sell them on the notion that the Carabao Cup is as good as winning the <laughs> winning the Premier League. I know that's a and that's a nobody, long putt. A nobody believes that in Europe, and B nobody I think in America will tolerate it. I mean, how many championships do you need now? Is it time to go? I was just checking on that, Ray. What does Grandy think? Any time, but you guys keep going for a minute if you want. Yeah. Oh, then I think I know which way I'm voting. All right. Tomorrow, it's Ray and uh, Alan Styles. That's going to be a lot of fun. Not for him. No, probably not. No, it's going to suck for him. He can can, uh, handle himself. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for listening. Stick around. What's coming up on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Warriors Roundtable with Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. An hour of Warriors content as the team gets ready to come out of the all-star break. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.